for such a time as this, Dr. Anika. Hello, my sisters, and thank you, Cherry. I'm Wendy Cherry for having me here. I'm so excited um, to just be amongst my sisters tonight. Um, it's a moment that has been divinely established. And anytime I get to walk into a space like this and I know that it is God ordained, I am just most grateful to graciously welcome my sisters and receive you all here tonight. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I see several people that I know coming in the room. Thank you all for being here. My name is Dr. Anika Wilson-Brown. Dr. A, Dr. Anika is fine with me. Um, I am uniquely positioned, uh, as Wendy just shared, because I am a counselor. Uh, by trade. I just completed my PhD in uh, pastoral counseling and supervision at Loyola University of Maryland. Just finished. <laughs> in and they wore the church hat to the dissertation. Oh my gosh. I loved it. <laughs> it was real live up in there. <laughs> so I just finished um, and it culminated at the very time that I uh, completed this a seven-year journey uh, and walking in my father's uh, footsteps as he's the pastor of Union Temple Church in uh, Washington, D.C. Um, for those of you who are familiar, I see some of my folks in here. Hey, y'all. Uh, and it is a church, not like a church you've ever been to before, right? So I, so I was already born in a position where uh, I had, I was nurtured by a disruptor, an interrupter, uh, who uh, was often seen as one who came to shake things up. So I'm born into this environment. I'm uh, being reared in this spiritual environment. Is Baptist church by name, but not by practice. And because we are universal and we are accepting of all religions and we are able to see the nuances and the connectivity of every practice, right? And so that is where I am, that is where I'm being raised. And so then God began, began to push me toward leadership, closer and closer toward leadership uh, through all of these positions and roles. And I'm like, but I wanna be a therapist. Like I'm studying to be a therapist, but okay. So I just kept saying yes to each of these roles and positions within the church, uh, but yet operating outside the church. So I see myself as a bridge builder. I'm like at the intersection. Uh, of culture, right? Where, where I'm bridging this gap, I'm speaking multiple languages, I'm speaking to the church, I'm speaking to the unchurched. And so now I have this degree in mental wellness while pastoring a church. And to say that, you know, you have those moments in your life where things just align, you're like, oh, that's why. Yes. <laughs> I have this degree and that's why I'm preaching, teaching from a psycho-spiritual perspective because we're needed for such a time as this. Psycho-spiritual uh, perspective, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so what does that, that look like? That's, that's the integration of spirituality and mental health, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you've probably been to a church where you have seen people having spiritual experiences that they cannot explain. Uh, and we don't understand them uh, from our common understanding. But if you integrate our uh, indigenous Afrocentric understanding, and then you understand it from a psychological perspective, we have the capacity to then walk people into a healing that they not only feel, but that they can say is tested and they, they can walk it out. So it's that, it's that intersection 
Yeah. Right. I've, I've been to a church where I've seen somebody in a mental health crisis and folks laying hands on them and throwing oil at them. And I'm like, uh-uh, that's a crisis. Yeah. You can pray. Right. You need to send them to therapy or they, they need more supports. Right? right. And then you have people on that other extreme where it's like therapy, supports, you know, intervention, but they don't understand the spiritual aspect of it. So what I mean by psycho spiritual is that ability to be at that intersection and understand both languages and use them together to complement one another so that people can actually not just shout about a healing, but experience healing. Amen. Ashe. Yes. That's awesome. Yes, yes, that's beautiful. So, you know, I get tired of saying like, this is such a unique time. You know, I stopped saying the Corona. I say it's the pause. It's the great pause. Yes. Um, we are in a unique opportunity to do something different, to change our lives if we choose to. And that was the whole reason for kind of like doing the summit is because it's such a unique time. But if you have a whole toolbox and you don't know how to use the tools or you don't even understand that there are tools in there that you can deploy, if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. So. I'm thinking of the tool of ourselves. Yes. And um, just recent, just over the last few years, so I always do post hair, my hair is eight, is nine years old. And so I started to understand and be open and attract these things around this time. I did not know I was divine. Yeah. And so I want you to explain that, what that means. Mm -hmm. um, because I know sometimes in a traditional system, if you feel like you're divine, then they're then they going to say you think you're better than God and who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. so, then, that. so yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And so most of us are familiar with the creation story, right? And so we talk about God breathing God's self into us. That is the biggest illustration of divinity in human form that we can use to explain what has happened in our, in our soul creation. So there is an energy that has been breathed into us. And so we are not, I, I like to define it as we're not the big G, but we're the little G. We, ha we have the energy, right? We, we are sacred in that God breathed the essence of God's self into us, making us in essence, you shall do what I do. Even Jesus said even greater than I've done shall you do. Well, how can we do greater if we're not divine? If, if Jesus himself is saying this, greater works shall you do. You're marveling at what I'm doing, but you have within you to do not only what I've done, but greater. That speaks to this sense that when we were created, God breathed God's self into us. And so that means that each of us are here for a specific assignment. Um, I like to call it a soul contract, where that notion that you're talking about of this being a special time, this being an, a very amazing time. In essence, what that speaks to is that I was sent here on purpose, in purpose, for purpose, for such a time as this. And so there was this conversation, uh, as Wayne Dyer likes to talk about it, that happened before we come into the earth realm, which is at that moment that life and spirit is breathed into us. Well, we agree with God to come here <laughs> at this moment, right? So when we're in it, it's like, what is going on? But if you rewind to that soul contract moment that is beyond your memory at this point, 
you, you were in agreement to be present at this moment, in this space, at this time to accomplish something very specific. So in knowing that, there's nothing haphazard about my existence. There's nothing haphazard about what's happening because it's all written. The Bible itself says that the ending was written before the beginning. So that means that what I am here to do, what I'm here to accomplish is gonna be activated by what's happening around me. So I must remember I, what I'm, but I've been saying to myself all for the last four and five weeks, when I feel incapable, when I feel like, how did I become a pastor of a church? And within the first month, we're, we can't even go in the building. When, when, <laughs> when I begin to get overwhelmed by that, I keep saying to myself, you're on contract. You got everything you need. I'm going to say that to myself. Y'all, let's remember to say that to ourselves. I'm on contract. Because sometimes in the middle of the night, yeah. when you wake up, you're like, what's really good? Mm -hmm. It ain't random. Okay. Okay. So they're loving it. They're saying, teach us. <laughs> teach us. <laughs> so did you, is there any more to that? Is there anything else you want to share along that line? Well, so when we get to this earth realm, we forget, right? I remember those words in Black Panther, remember yes. who you are, right? So, so this journey of us being here is about our remembering, our putting back together the pieces that have been scattered as we, as we came through, right? Time and space into this earth realm. Uh, there was this forgetting of who I am, what, I, what I'm here to do, and what I'm really capable of. And so when we come here, and we start feeling fear, and we start feeling anxiousness, and we start being depressed, uh, it's because we have lost our memory. And so moments like this that you have so divinely established is for us to reconnect, re-engage, restore, remember, replenish, right? That re means it's already been done, we just gotta tap back into, into that. So, so I want us to be conscious of that and, and be mindful that, that we are all in the process of remembering, putting ourselves back together, gathering the pieces of ourselves that have been scattered so that we can now be who we already are. Right, so I love that. Um, I, uh, and you know him, all, Tony Browder. Tony yes. Browder, yeah, so I went to Kemet with him and, we, and he's a, he calls himself or he has called himself a memory recovery specialist. I love that. I love that because that reminds me that, you know, he wants to remind us of our greatness. Yeah. Remind us where we come from. And I like the fact that not everybody was kings and queens. Mm -hmm. The fact that you were born, you are divine. Yes. And so I think that's awesome to remember. So thank you for breaking that down, that we have a contract mm -hmm. and we're on contract and all those re's yeah. are to remember us and to remind us because living in this society, they try, they know, but we don't know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So what are some of the tips that you, so you are merging your Therapy, therapy modalities with spirituality, with indigenous principles, and with some other things. How, how are you um, coming up with ways to share with your congregation how to remember? Like, what are some of the things you're telling them, especially now? I've seen you, like, so you're still having your services mm -hmm. online. 
Yeah. And everybody wants a word. Everybody needs a word. Yeah. What are you telling them? Um, you know, what are you telling them now? Yeah. So, so one of the main things that I'm sharing is that uh, this interruption was necessary for us to stop being addicted to religion mm. and for us to stop being addicted to an external source of power. In essence, we, we are being learned, we are, we are being, uh, I think, in a sense, weaned like a baby off the mama's breast. Yes. Right? To learn how to feed ourselves, nurture ourselves. And so, and as people grew up in church, as I grew up in church there, and, and one of the reasons I rebelled so much to being a pastor is because I said, I don't want everybody looking at me. Yeah. I don't want everybody looking to me. I, I was scared of failing. I was scared of messing up. I'm scared of not being perfect, you know, of not knowing it all. Yeah. And so that was part of my rebellion. First, early in my ministry, when I began preaching, I went to, uh, what's one of those summer soul festivals or something, and Mary J and Erica Badu. And yeah. I'm hanging out. I'm getting my life, you know, yeah. like everybody else getting their life. Yeah, Meriwether. Hello, uh -huh. Meriwether. Yes. Yeah. And, and someone came up to me and was so offended that I was there. Her wow. question to me was, why are you here? Wow. No, well, seriously. I thought she was joking at first. I'm like, right. why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Mary J. You don't like Mary What, what you doing here? Right. Why are you here? And that moment almost made me hang up my preaching stilettos. I said, wait a minute. Okay. If I can't even go be myself, then I don't want this job. Right. I don't want it. And, and then God began to speak to me and said, no, no, you're the perfect person to be the job because you're going you're gonna to teach him how to be righteous and ratchet. Hey, because y'all, y'all, Dr. Anika, I shouted her out at like one something in the morning and club quarantine. Hello. <laughs> I used to see what they were doing. I was like, Pastor Nika, hey. Yes. Yes, you're going to teach them how to fully embody their divinity, their God self, and their God sense. You're going to teach them that God is in the music of Prince, just like he's in the music of Shirley Caesar. You're going to tell them what they feel when they're at those concerts is spirit. Right? You're, you're in spirit. You're feeling spirit. And so there's no separation. And so part of what, what I am learning is the biggest message we got to communicate right now is that we're so used to putting that power in the pulpit. We're so used to uh, pray for me, intercede for me, get, I need a word. You are the prophet of your own life. Nobody can give you a word like you can give you a word. Nobody can pray for you like you can pray for you. And right. so for communion this, this a couple of weeks ago, I told the people, get some crackers and juice and you're the priestess of your own home and you're going to bless it. Hey. And I'm going to, I'm going to usher you through the process so that you can now know how to do this ritual on your own. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so that's the biggest thing. That's important, Dr. Anika. I think it's so important to get people, like you say, off the mother's breasts. Like yeah. you need it for the nourishment. But then at some point you have to get off and you have to do your thing and use your magic. Absolutely. And, and you know, you learn it and then you test it out, but you have the power to do that. So I love that you're saying that. Yeah. And I, be I believe that's what the real church was supposed to be. And we, we turned it into 
to something else. You know, cause it, it profits, it profits the church to keep that pedestal. You know, it, it profits them because once you teach people how to be empowered, they don't have to depend on you in such a way. That's right. right. So, so what if, and, and this is my push, I'm like, God, what are you having me create here? What if you create a spiritual community where there's as much power in the pew as there is in the pulpit? Where, where you have cultivated this sense of community and connection where I am not lording over anybody, but I am, I am escorting them just as Jesus did yeah. into their own power and into their own divinity. Do you know what a powerful uh, community that would be? That's amazing. And, you know, I, I know like, you know, here in, in all the communities, but here in Washington, DC, there's a huge community of healers, right? They call themselves healers. Mm -hmm. I don't call myself a healer because everyone has the power to heal themselves. Yes. I call myself a mirror guide because mm. I'm still learning these things, but I have some information that a lot of people don't have. So I'm guiding you through. And that's what I'm going to be doing in my class that's coming up as the mirror guide, just turning you back to the mirror. Absolutely. Yeah. Because being dependent on somebody else forever is not, is not it. And I think that if we didn't know that before, we got to know that now because what's happening in, with, you know, with COVID-19, we've been so dependent for so long in so many ways that we have normalized that um, you know, we're depending on somebody to help us and mm -hmm. who's there to really help us but yes. us yes 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 we're we we have become dependent on it in such a way that i found myself constantly steering people they're like i can't wait till this is over till we can get back and god made it so clear to me as i was meditating one day there is no getting back now i, I don't want to aggravate anybody's anxiety there so breathe in that moment yeah, movie shoulders like we've been learning. <laughs> Breathe in that moment yeah. uh, because it was like that for me too. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, There is no getting back to what was because we're being called to ascend, right? And so when you're called to ascension, there, there, is, there is a transformation process that includes death, Yeah, right? And so whether that's emotional death, physical death, uh, you know, whatever type of death you want to, you want to describe it as. And once you go through that process, it's, it's like a, a butterfly trying to now go back and, and reclaim the, the cocoon, right? To go back to that restricted place. No, no, you're, you're no longer going to be able to depend on what you used to depend on. You're no longer going to be able to get away with the excuses of, of just being so busy and overworking and working a job that you can't stand and giving your whole life and energy to that. You, you'll no longer be able to do that because all those things have been stripped from you so that you can now see. What were we saying at the beginning of the year, 2020, <laughs> right? Clear vision, new vision. That's right, perfect vision. Perfect vision. Okay. So the scales are being removed from our eyes in a way that we're now getting the very things that we've been praying for, but we don't like the way it came. Right, right. That, that's so, true. So I'm getting that time with my family. Some of y'all, I wish I could work from home. You know, I, I hate going to this job. I wanna, I wanna work from home. I wanna be able to have dinner. I wanna, 
you know, be able to manage my own time. Well, yeah. honey, that's what you got right now, right? So cute. Last night, me and my line sisters got online, and one sister, one line sister had a note, help me. <laughs> Cracked up laughing. <laughs> That, that ain't, you know, that ain't necessarily what you want. So what are you telling your congregants who are in the situation that we're all in around the world on how to, because you're really dealing in a multi-generational home now, because yeah. you have your college kids had to come back early. Yep. Mine is home. Yeah. And then you have the young ones who were there, but they were at school. Right. Now they're in the house and then the boo's there. Yep. Not. And so... How are you telling, you know, the people that your union templars, how, how are you telling them to deal with that? Like, what are some of the tools that you have? Oh, that's good. Um, it, I think it, a lot of it uh, is about uh, knowing yourself okay. and um, being aware of who you are and, and what, what you need, right? So a part of the stripping process is us having to sit with ourselves, right. us having to be present with ourselves in a way that we have not been able to do or needed to do before because we were so busy, we were distracted. Right. And so this stillness is what's really provoking a lot of the anxiety in folks because they don't know what to do with themselves. Right. Because they ain't been with themselves. Right. And they ain't been with their children. So, so the first aspect of that is this, this awareness and a, ability to sit with yourself to really get to know yourself again. Know what you really want. Yeah. Know what you really like, you know? And, and be present with yourself in that way where you are gentle with yourself and you allow yourself to feel the emotions. I call it riding the waves. There's some days I'm okay and some days I'm not. And that's okay. Yes, okay. Yeah. That's okay. That there are some days that I feel like being bothered and I'm always oh, playing games and having fun with the kids. And then there are moments where I come in here in my office and I just need my time. And not judging myself for that. Yeah. Right. But just knowing myself enough to allow whatever I'm needing in that moment to naturally evolve, not judging myself. And, and in that sense, teaching the, my children and the boo how to do that, too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because just because I need this moment don't mean I love you any less. Right. So so it, it's, it's about learning that balance and demonstrating that balance now for, for our young people um, so that they can learn how to self-regulate themselves as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a 17-year-old and we're learning together. I was always working from home, so it was a little bit easier for me to do the transition of having her come home and just, you know, but we learned here, for those of you who've been here the whole time, we've learned how to ask for what we want. Oh, yes. So you're hitting on that. So that's like another confirmation, ladies. Mm -hmm. And then another one is that um, it's okay. Wherever you are at, you know, at any given time, it's okay. Yeah. And Erica Totten gave us tools on how to get the energy out and, and, and feel better. Um, and then she also told us, which was really interesting, which, you know, a lot of us didn't remember, is that we haven't grieved for a lot of things. Oh, my. Yes. But what do you, what do you, and you know what at this point there's almost a, a daily grieving that is a part of this process that i believe because you're mm -hmm. you're grieving life as you knew it mm -hmm. you know you're, you're you're grieving uh actually what's going on in the world and 
how you thought it was going to be <laughs> or how, how you expected it to be. And we can't over-spiritualize that, right? We can't jump. Uh, I, I taught on Good Friday. Uh, Friday is the day Jesus was crucified. And, and my lesson was, um, don't rush to resurrection. Okay. There, there's this period of grief and mourning that we know is sacred, specifically from an African perspective. You know, when, when someone dies from the African tradition, there are wailers, there are women who are, have the sole responsibility of mourning what has been lost. Yeah. It is, it is a sacred art of allowing ourselves to well, to weep, to yeah. feel, right? Yeah. And not, this, this world, this, this society teaches us to rush through those moments and even church culture, you know, how you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, all, all the lingo that goes with it, that, that communicates that, I, that I'm good, despite I don't look like what I've been through. Well, what if one day you wake up and you do look like what you've been through? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've had several days like that over these five weeks where I, I look like what I went through and I allowed myself to be present in that experience of not feeling like I wanted to do my hair or doing nothing because that is where I was. Correct. And I do want to talk about that for a second. Um, my, my best male friend, he's such my best male friend. We've known each other since 1985 and he was in my wedding. He wow. just didn't wear a dress because, but he was, a, he was in my wedding. And yes. so he called, he texted me yesterday and said one of his very close friends died from our uni from Virginia State University. I had to pick up the phone and call him because you just can't text me that, right? Right. And I just was like, how are you feeling? Whatever. And he starts coughing because I know he was crying. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about grief. Yes. And how we push it away. Yeah. So he starts coughing, trying to cover it up, right? Mm -hmm. So I know what is happening and, I, and my heart is broken. Mm -hmm. So, because I've never experienced him in this way ever with grief. So I'm like, it's okay. It's not a, he was like, no, I guess we're, I'm good, I'm good. I'm like, you're not good, your friend just died. Mm -hmm. This is all um, very scary. This is, but now it's hit home. Yeah. So it's okay. So then today, so then I hung up. Today, I checked on him. He said, I guess I just need to move forward. I picked up the phone. I'm like, this, you have to feel whatever that is. And I know you're not used to it. You probably don't have the tools, but go on your bike, because he's a bike rider. Go on your bike and just ride and cry. Mm -hmm. You have to get it out because there, it should not be, I guess we just have to move forward. Oh, no. We are all in grief about whatever is happening, you yeah. know, and in our own little ways, big and small people have lost family yeah. and then people have felt like they've lost opportunity, but I know that will come back and even better. Yeah. Do you yeah. agree? I absolutely agree. And, and, and I think that sometimes we think that something is wrong with our faith or uh, spirituality when we allow ourselves to linger in those moments but blessed are they that mourn mm -hmm. there, there is this spiritual process of mourning that I think we don't pay enough attention to that I think that it is in those moments of being present with your grief communicating exactly how you feel and knowing that God can handle it right whether it's my anger it's my disappointment it's my frustration that I don't have to sugarcoat that. I don't, I don't have to hide those moments from, from God that I can 
be fully present in those moments. I can question, God, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? I don't understand. You know, that that, that doesn't mean that um, because I'm frustrated doesn't mean that I don't have faith. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And just allowing myself to go through my process. And my process is going to be different from anybody else's process. Knowing that, trusting that, understanding that, I think that will help us to also be present with one another in a different kind of way. I love how you responded to your friend. And the truth is that a lot of times you just need somebody on the other end of that phone. They ain't, ain't got to say nothing. Yeah. You, you just want to know that somebody is present, that you have permission and give, have given yourself permission to feel whatever you're feeling. Yeah. I think we've been so numb for so long and we've normalized it because that's what we saw our elders do. Absolutely. Um, you know, we've kind of, and we talked about it in one of our sessions earlier is that we can break the archetype of what the negative things were that were from our elders, our parents, our, our aunts, our uncles or whatever. They're, they have beautiful traditions because that worked for them in their time. What a beautiful time to create new traditions yeah. and to create new opportunities for ourselves and do things the way that we want it to be done. I was just watching that movie on Netflix, Uncorked. The, mm-hmm. the guy, did anybody, if you saw that, put the one in, in the box. It was just really cute. The guy, daddy wanted him to work in the, in the rib joint and mm-hmm. he wanted to be a Somali aide. Yeah. And I just saw the pressure that was put on him because you know, you, he didn't want to do that. And the same with the Clark sisters thing. I just saw that yesterday myself. Yeah, that was good. I was triggered in so many ways mm-hmm. from that um, movie because, you know, just so many things, but just, I believe that you can live your dreams and that you're entitled to do that. And the faster a parent or a community realizes that, yeah. that they are able to, then people will be more free. Mm-hmm. Because when you're not free, that's disease also. Absolutely. After a while, being unfulfilled and unhappy and going to the job that you don't like or having to work at the shop with the family because yeah. they said you do, yes. that causes pain. So now is the time, this pause, this great pause that we have is to sit and that's what my class is going to do we're going to go through exercises and by the end of it you will know what you want and what you don't want and how to verbalize unapologetically to whoever needs to hear it yeah after you tell yourself because you have to convince yourself first so first right yeah it's really it's a really a beautiful time for us to um explore uh, our creativity and the things that we have um, kind of brushed under the rug. Yeah. You know, those, those things that in life we have these moments, you know, where life shows up and we adjust our dream. Mm-hmm. We adjusted and we adjusted again. And we adjusted you know there there is some good quality in that having a plan b and a plan c and a plan d but but uh i want us to tap back into what what god originally showed us and what the contract was that we signed that's it (laughs) yeah and pay attention to the ways that that life has caused us to adjust our dream that watered down version right so just like this green juice i'm drinking how it's settled 
and I got to shake it up every now and then. The most potent part of this green juice is down here at the bottom. Yep. Where we settle with this watered down version up here. Wow. There's, there's not really much nutrients there, but you can convince yourself that you had something good. If you, yeah, that, that's green up, but, but you got to shake it up. And I think we're in a global shaking right now. And Natalie is saying, or we adjust so much where we forget what our dream was. Oh, yes. And the beauty in that is because you are a divine being, you have the power of creation. You are a co-creator with God. And so there's never anything lost. I hear people all the time, I, I've lost my dream. I don't know what my purpose is. That in itself is still waiting for something outside of me to validate or confirm what it is. But I, I get to create what that purpose is. And it doesn't matter how big or how small it is. And I can decide right now, my purpose is to drink this green juice. Mm -hmm. It ain't gotta be all grand and it ain't gotta be Oprah. And, and that's, that's another notion. The ability that we have to see other people often uh, causes our dreams to become contaminated. Yeah. I, caught, I caught this a couple of years ago because I was I'm into making my vision boards. I still do it. But I noticed when I was making my vision boards, it was very heavily built upon what I had seen other people do. Okay. What I had seen other people accomplish, which is good for inspiration. Yeah, yeah. But when it becomes the primary focus and target of my intentions and my prayer and my focus, what I'm really asking God to do is make me a duplicate or a carbon copy of something that already exists. Yeah. Feel me? Yep. So, so, so I begin to do my vision boards a little differently and pull out the qualities of Oprah or the qualities of Iyanla, or, you know, the things that I want to embody of this person, but I'm, I'm no longer stuck that, oh, I want to be, like, you know, people say that all the time. I'm the next Oprah. I want to be the next, or just let Oprah see me. Right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but this, this posture of creation, it says to me that, that I, there is no duplication for what God has given me. That's right. There, there is no blueprint. I'm a trailblazer. You're, you're a trailblazer. Right. And that what you have to offer has never been done. So right. if I'm only focusing on what I've seen, then, then I, am, I am trying to reproduce. And God is not in, in the business of reproducing anything. Just like your fingerprint and your DNA. You need your call. Right. You know, and that's interesting because even putting the summit together, it just came and then I had to figure out how to do it. But I was going with inspired action because I also don't want to be that hamster in the wheel. Yes. You take little inspirations from here and there, but you do it. And um, I was very moved by D-Nice like a few days ago. It was just during the daytime. It wasn't CQ after dark, which I'm uh -huh. going to y'all there tonight. That's my spot right there. It was in the middle of the day where the sun was behind him and he was having a moment. And he kept saying, you could always do what you love and be yourself. He just was saying it. He was in his own zone, but I know that. And I saw him go into that zone and he was having his own awakening, I think at that point, because he was saying, I'm doing what I love. Because, you know, if you play those gigs, you kind of like go into what their playlist was. But he said, I'm in my living room doing what I love. And I think he probably was crying, but we couldn't see. Yes. And that just 
spoke to me to remind me. So we're on the re mm -hmm. to remember that what I was doing here yes. for this summit was going to be fine just the way that I was doing it because this is my way to present the information and that was okay. Absolutely. I'm me. Yes. So thank I you for I keep finding myself back in that moment for myself too. Yeah. Because I understand and I've always said to myself, I've always just felt like a misfit that I don't really fit anywhere. Like I've had people to tell me if you were a little bit more of this, or if you were a little bit more of that, you know, right. you be on here, you be with Jake's or TD Jake's or you be here or that, you know? And I always knew I didn't fit into those places because I had to be myself. Right. And that I wasn't willing to adjust or alter who I am and what God gave me in order to be something else. And so he's the perfect example of what it means so just be creative in this moment and do what you're inspired to do. Now all these DJs and everybody, they're trying to do it and they can't do it. Yeah, because they're doing it, but the intention is off. You have to figure out your intention and this is intention gathering time. Yes. See the things that you want and then ask your own self, what's my intention for this? Yes. If it feels good and peaceful and it ain't about that money chasing. Uh -huh. You know, it might just be what you're supposed to be doing. Right, right. And yeah. it can get you nervous. That's even more my indicator. Right. A mm -hmm. good nervous, like you, you yeah. know, the little sweaty palms. <laughs> talking about being creative. And so do you want to talk about the womb? Because for women, our, we are creative. We either birth in babies or businesses or, or um, you know, mm -hmm. ideas. Oh, yeah. How important that is. Maybe. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think in that, that, that uh, mindset of creation, we have to be conscious of ourselves as women and the wounds that we carry. And so everything that we do, everything we say, everything that we think, it, think about it as a seed, mm -hmm. you know, that, that is going to grow and, and manifest into something. And so we have to check the words that we're using and the language that we're speaking and what we're saying to our children. And then because everything that we're doing, it is, it is, uh, it is incubating something that is going to come forth at some point or another. Right. Yep. So, so we got to be mindful, just like a, a pregnant woman who, who says, I ain't had no vegetables today. I better not eat that. Or, you right. know, let me be mindful of what I'm taking into myself uh, because of this womb space. I already know that I'm about to create or manifest something. It's a it's very powerful, powerful gift that God has given us. It's very uh, see that um, the divine feminine is coming forth in a very powerful way during this time. Yes, I love that. Um, we're gonna talk about that more in my class, but for those of my sorors who are on here and they see me with all this pink and green around is because I wasn't really tapped into my feminine my divine feminine energy and I was very masculine and I was moving in that way, but you need both. Absolutely. So in order for me to tap into that more creative, more feminine side. And that's where you connect with the spirit. Oh, we, we oh. need that in this moment because as black women, we are, we are doers. We, yes. we are grinders. We, we know how to make stuff happen. You know, we operate in that masculine energy a lot, just, just from coping and survival uh, technique. And so we, we got to be tension, intentional about going back to reclaim, you know, opening up that, that, that sacral chakra, that creativity, that feminine energy, 
that we have and, and allowing ourselves to receive. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So of course we, <clears throat> we have 15 minutes left, Dr. Anika. Okay. Let's talk about some takeaways. Like what can our sisters take away you know, like a tool or a tip that they can, you know, because we're, we're, we don't know when this is going to end, but this is creation time. This is the time to have, we're in gestational period and we're figuring out who we are. And, you know, um, big, my big sister, Vicky says you, you're responsible for what you know. Yes. So now you, for many of you, you've been here all week. Thank you so much but now you're responsible for what you know. Absolutely. And um, it's only you choose to take action or not. You know, we're just the seed planters, but what can they do to kind of like hone their skills and, and, and really prepare? So it's sort of like the hibernation time. We're really working, you know, we're really working on the inside, but when the bear really comes out, mm-hmm. the harvest comes, what are some of the things that the sisters can be doing to be prepared for that and, and to thrive yeah. days of striving and all that. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's make those be over. Yes. Let's be aligned so that we're just walking in divine order. Mm-hmm. I would, I would love to see all the ladies to use the tools that they've been given this year, this week, really like study them, try a few of them out and develop your own personalized uh, ritual. Right. of what you're going to do every morning and what you're going to do every night. And it can incorporate some of the tools that you've learning, some of the things that um, I do every morning when I, when I wake up in the morning. The first thing that I do is drink a glass of water um, with um, usually a little, right now I put a couple of drops of oregano oil in it um, to, for immunity and I drink that and I go to my altar. Right, so everybody needs to uh, figure out. Now, this is throws a lot of people off because they want they see these grand altars and pictures on websites and places. Right. This can be a shoebox underneath your bed that you pull out if it, if it's that what you need. It can be a dining room table uh, that that you go to. Um, and I journal. I write down um, moments of gratitude, things that I'm grateful for. Um, and I do a meditation. I like Deepak Chopra's meditations. Um, uh, he, ha- he does them with Oprah as well. And the one that I'm doing right now is about um, cultivating the consciousness in times of uncertainty. Doing it too, day 14. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So I always start my morning off with that. Um, and so it's a routine, right? We, we are people of habit and routine. And so um, what I do might not work for you. Right. It, you might need to do a little something different. Maybe you need to just jump up and do your, get moving and do your workout or, you know, but it should be something that is standard that you do every single day. And it becomes a routine for your own spiritual discipline uh, and development, mm-hmm. uh, something that you're drawn to. So, so that's the biggest thing that I, I would like for everybody to come out. And you got time to play around with with yeah. different ways of doing that right now. Uh, and likewise in the evening to have some type of wind down ritual um, where you are tuning off 
tuning out and turning off the TVs and the, and the equipment. We talked about this in our last interview, you know, turning off those things, um, drinking your golden milk or your, or your teas and, mm-hmm. and really just getting present so that you can rest. Yeah. Yeah. I rested today a little bit and I've been hustling all week with this, just doing all of the aspects of it. And I said, today I have to do my own self-care. And I was talking to my sisters. We were talking about Mm self-preservation. Like at this time, it's such a, 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 um, people are kind of like shell-shocked. I think we're kind of coming out of it. And I think now the weight is on um, to, for it to end, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I believe that we're in self-preservation, that self-preservation is it. The self-care is nice, but making, doing all of the things that we may not have done before to make sure that we are getting, are going to live the life that we signed up for on that contract. Yeah. Um, any tips for just making sure that we stay focused. How did you, like you just went through grad, through your PhD program, you're a wife, you're a mom, you were doing stuff with the church and then doing stuff with your friends and your Spelman sisters and all the things you're doing. All of that. How, how did you stay focused during that time? What can they do to stay focused? I think the biggest tip I can give for that, that self-preservation is so important and it's all about your um, willingness to say no to some things. Yeah. Right? No is a complete sentence. Yeah, so, so I stopped saying yes to anything that did not align with my contract. So I was doing a whole lot of things that people expected me to do, that people wanted me to do, that I thought I needed to do to fit this image or, you know, whatever. A lot of extra stuff. And so my process is about saying no to the things that don't align with what I know I'm here to do and what I know I'm here to be and being okay with that. That's what I was going to ask you. How do women, how are women supposed to be okay with that? If that, if they haven't been doing that all this time and then they come and tell the hubby, um, I don't want to do that. Like you got to practice. Yeah. Yeah. No, no is a muscle that has to be, has to be strengthened and developed. Mm -hmm. right and so you you got to practice it you got to practice it with things that don't matter as much and work your way up to the things (laughs) that are bigger and that cause you more of a stress about saying no to to those things so it's something you got to practice you can't just you can't just sit around and and wait for somebody to give you permission to it's something that you have to be very intentional about and decide um this works for me and this doesn't you know and be willing to have those difficult conversations that many of us avoid. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we have nine minutes left. What uh, Tamika is saying, uh, yes, that is a muscle I am trying to build. That's why I have Destiny's Child in my head. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I learned how to say no and be unbothered and pleasant at the same time. No with a smile. That's cool too. Because to come in like a bull in a china closet when you haven't been that before that's not gonna do it either oh yeah oh yeah and then shannon that's my sister speaking of tips i've learned so much this week ah shan shan um thank you shan shan um i think that 
the indigenous part is what I'd like to end with. Mm -hmm. So we're all very powerful and our ancestors knew it, especially along the maternal lines. They were the healers. They were the, the, the um, crafty women. They were the herbalists and all those things. Um, as you have taken over and you're going to be incorporating new things into, you know, the, the church's practice, do you plan on, because you're all, the altars that they build at your church are, they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. I haven't seen altars until I came there. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that you will be putting in um, as far as the indigenous practices for years, you know, as you take over and starting to get the congregation comfortable with if they're not already? Yeah, we, we, um, one of, you know, I started off by saying my father has always been just like a, a pusher and a disruptor. So one of the beautiful things about that is that um, it has allowed me to be open and to evolve very, very fluidly in my, my own sense of spirituality. Um, so you will see me having things like drum circles and moon rituals and hey. you know other other churches will be like what is going yeah. on <laughs> you know those, those are the types of things that you know i know that i that i am called to do um uniquely uh and so i'm i'm embracing all of it we are we are i i had an essence essence wrote an article about me um, taking over for yeah and um they quoted me in there saying, you know, like, um, this is a welcoming, affirming, chakra balancing, African dancing, tongue talking, shouting around, you know, like they, they just captured all of these aspects of what I think is, is always been indigenous to who we are as yeah. people. And the more that we, we are open to that, the more God will open our understanding and show us more about what that means. I'll tell you one time, um, about a year ago, and this is now part of my morning ritual, I bless my head every morning. Hmm. I didn't know about the, this ritual, but I, but I looked it up and I um, found out how to do it and okay. how to bless, bless the head. And so I have a vessel of water um, where I just lay, put my hands in the water. I have different herbs and uh, essential oils in the water and I dip my hand in the oil and I just bless and anoint my third eye and my ears, you know, and, and my higher self and the ancestors that are above my head so that they can give me wisdom. And I go through this whole ritual. But the reason I started doing it is because I dreamt one night and woke up speaking in French. Wow. And, and I did not understand what I was saying, right? And I looked it up and it was Benice la tête, Benice la tête, and it said, bless the head. And that's when I looked up the ritual. Well, what does it mean to bless your head? Yeah. This is something that my ancestors would practice, right? Uh -huh. And so I began this practice of blessing my head. And I'm saying that to say that we have a blockage often because we don't listen to our inner selves and our inner voice. And the ancestors are constantly speaking and trying to reveal to us exactly what we need in a moment. Right. And so that's something that, that was revealed to me that I, that I share with my congregation. Like there, there are some things that you know to do that are for you that you might not get through this church because it's for you. And it might come to you in a dream or it might come to you by you seeing something and it just resonates 
with you or, or you see a video and, and you feel like you're present with the, you see them doing an African dance and you wonder why, why am I feeling that? Like, you know, like, right. right. So there, there are all of these ways of connecting that um, I'm teaching the congregation to be open to, yeah. to pay attention to, that it's not going to come, even I might not always come from me. There are some things I'll walk you through, right? I'll mirror for you, yeah. but there are some other things that are going to be revealed to you that are specific to you and a part of your own soul contract that we must pay attention to. I, I got the chills when you said that, and then I feel, a, I feel a little weepy because that's just so beautiful. And when you can connect and know that it's okay to connect with the people who loved you, the ancestors, the guides, the angels, and um, you know, you will get that kind of, that, those divine downloads. Absolutely. And you'll get the next steps you'll get the um, instructions, you know, you'll get the, the directions on how to move through the contract that you signed up for. Yes. Okay. And I, I really believe that I'm, I'm on the way and we're ever evolving. So I would, you know, I would say, you know, even you, Dr. Anika, you're a doctor and you have all these, this information and you were raised in royalty that way, but you agree that you're ever evolving, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's never too late to start. Mm -mm. No, no. Ever evolving. Always seeking. I'm a sponge for knowledge and information. You know, I, I, I believe that I'll always have mentors. I'll always have coaches. Because if I'm a coach, I got to be coached. If I'm a pastor, I need to be pastored. You know, there is no arrival. Right. So we are out of time. Please, while we have Dr. Anika here, please ask her any questions. Does anybody have any questions that you want to, you have power here. This is the last night. Uh, we have people saying the, the, the evolution is beginning. Okay. Well, maybe they will ask a question. You all are going to, I have some, some um, information for you. So for those who want to stay on after Dr. Anika goes, then stay on. I'm going to announce the winner and um, a few other little housekeepings for this last night. Oh, how can they view, Latonda wants to know, how can we view your services? Okay. And I saw another question above too, asking about the article. So the article was written in Essence magazine. And Who's on the cover? That's all they need to know. Taraji. It's, it's, on, the, it's on the website, uh, okay. Essence. Okay. Um, so, but if you type in my name in Essence magazine, it'll come up. The article is still there um, on the website. Um, and it's titled Standing in Her Own Stilettos because they quoted me. Um, people asking me, how are you going to fill your father's shoes? And I said, I wear stilettos. I'm filling my own hey. shoes. You know, I'm okay. walking the path, but I'm wearing my own shoes. So they titled it that. So I hope you enjoy it. It's a good read. And so how you can view our services, you can visit um, www.anika. Mm, that's my website. UnionTemple.com. UnionTemple.com is our website. We are on uh, live stream. We are on YouTube and Facebook Live every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Okay. So we have come to one of the last services that we had right before they showed us all the way down. Yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Anika's church is doing amazing things. They have a womanhood training that's 40 years old. 
Absolutely. You were, you were in it as a child. Yes, too. I was in the first cohort. <laughs> so my Sid Sid is a part of that cohort and they are teaching, you know, indigenous practices. We, they, she's going to get the training that we didn't get just being in North America. If we didn't go into that kind of a program, we missed a lot of things. Yes. I don't even know what's happening. The mamas, I have given her to the mamas. To t yes, with Marcia. Yes. I have and her training too, for those of you who have young men. Yes, okay. Um, so thank you so much. Thank yes. you so much, Dr. Anika, for your time. I wish you the best of everything. I'm, I'm there. You know, Sydney's there with womanhood training. As soon as we can get back there, I'll be there. I'll be tuning in and I'm supporting you any way that you need. Thank you so much. I want to share my website too, which I started to, uh, AnikaWilsonBrown.com. You can find out about the services that I offer and I also have products. I um, do blessed oils. Um, I do, they're in different, um, what I call invocations. Okay. Uh, peace, confidence, abundance, um, wisdom. Uh, I make them in my own kitchen and they're available on there. They're on sale right now if you want to check them out. Yes, I'm going to put it in the link. So when I send the recap, I will send a, a, a web link straight to AnikaWilsonBrown.com. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dr. Anika. I will talk to you soon. Okay, love you all. Have a blessed night. Love you. Love you too. Okay, you all. So if, if, for those who would like to stay, I just wanted to announce the winner of the um of the uh the raffle but then also i just wanted to just thank you so many of you were here from the very beginning and if you weren't here at the beginning then you um watch the replay the replays balanced out with how many people would be on you know for the for the time so like dr jerry they watched you 97 times dr j is just it was very powerful so you will be able to purchase that if you would like once i get it all together it's in pre-order now but i i wanted to if you have a dream and if you had something that's in your heart and um you're trying to figure out how it's supposed to work or how you're supposed to do it i would say just go and just do it this was like a test for me the vision came in 2016. It just, you know, it came when it was supposed to come. And all of you have been so amazing. You know, more than 200 people between the 300 RSV, RSVPs on an average, we had 50 to 60 people per night. And then people watch the replay. And it's just so, so such of a blessing. And people have been writing me and giving me, you know, that they've, been really inspired and so i had this card i don't know if you can see it it says the goddess of the flow it feels good to be i'm sorry it feels good to live my dreams and this is just a goddess it's an african goddess card my sister Cher gave it to me she gave me the pack and occasionally i will check out the um get a new one every day just to see what it says and when i got this one yesterday i almost cried because i'm just like i love sharing this information all the people that i brought together i i knew the people who i wanted to bring together to inspire empower and educate you and i hope that you felt that um and so i would like to know i would like for you to to just take a quick poll it's just a few seconds four questions because i want to do it again and I want to see if you would be willing to, to do it again. Um, if I brought more people on, 
if, you know, if I, um, you know, all those types of things, if you would just fill out this quick poll and just let me know so that I could do it or not, because it was a heavy lift. And so I want to make sure that the audience is there and that people are interested. And, and then the next round will be a little bit more esoteric. So if you see how I kind of like set it up this time where in the beginning, um, it was 